Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! Now the pitch by Martinez is up and in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge the mound. He's going to charge Martinez and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baratek. And now the benches are empty. It's time for hour two of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Yerzhinsky wanting to know am I going. He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate. And Yerzhinsky not only Step up to the plate for hour two of the hot corner. Posenek getting into it with Barrett. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Rudin's a no. Whoa. Bautista got all he could handle with that. Wow. That's some pretty solid contact right there. The fan. Have we had a good fight in baseball this year? With the Asiel Puig being held up back by his entire team earlier this year, I think it was, right? Right. Because he's this is his first year on the Reds, yeah. So that was earlier this year. I'm not sure that was as good of a brawl as, say, like, Bautista and Odor, but we haven't really had a great one in a while, I feel like. Oh, I'm really, yeah, I'm really trying to think if there's been a solid benches-clearing dudes going at each other. I think a lot of uh, benches clearing to stare at each other and yell loud. Yeah, puffing up their chests. I think that's what's been happening. Hour two of the hot corner here. Mike and Joe with you till nine o'clock. Patrick's out today. I am dying slowly, but uh, I will make it through <laughs> the rest of the show. I promise you that. Just decaying in that chair. Maggots starting to eat away at his flesh. I'm very thankful that I did My go God. for a run this morning because I've been sitting since like 730. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten up and stretched and walked around and stuff a little bit, but whew. A lot of sitting today. A lot of a lot of time here at this station in uh, in studios. That's I wonder I, that's been. if um, oh man, I wonder. <laughs> we were both watching the same thing. I know we were. Um, I wonder how much complaining we're gonna get from Swigard tomorrow compared to what he did down in L.A. Because all he really did was schmooze. Yeah. He set it Talk, up. Talk, you know. He made sure to pull people Handle over. people, basically get in, you know, okay, sit down here. He was like, I guess, the face for Isaac and Souk. He was he was their Probably handler. Enough. Yeah, exactly. He talked to yeah. other handlers for Isaac and Souk. He was their handler. Yeah. Lucky him. No, see, he, he got to go home on a flight tonight and go home. Yeah. <laughs> so... There's 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 a little bit of a difference. I don't know if there's going to be complaining. He actually uh, he ha- he was live tweeting his Uber trip back to the airport, where he did not 
have to use the bathroom on the side of the road. So he was a grown-up this year. That's he, good. He was a grown-up. If you missed that last year, Pac-12 Media Day last year, he went down with them for the first time. In the car with Jill Savage. And he couldn't hold his pee. <laughs> so they made, it was traffic on the way to the airport, and they he got out of the car and right on the side of the highway, underneath the bridge, just went to the bathroom. And there was a picture taken, and it was glorious. And he live-tweeted this year that he made it. it was, I mean, it was, yes, it was glorious in some ways. Not the the patch of hair hanging out the back of his shorts. And, yeah, just not not exactly that something I wanted to see. Whoa, that's a very specific memory of that picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember someone pointed it out, and it's like, what is going on there? Yeah. Well, Strange know. back hair locations. <laughs> well, Hey, we've all got hair in weird places, okay? Not me. Yeah, I'll say you don't have any. No, hair not anywhere. me. You're hairless. Wax on, wax off, baby. <laughs> you don't need to wax on or wax off. You're I just... go to the what is it, the rose petal or the the Thai orchard? Orchids of Asia. Yeah, there we go. They do a solid wax job there. Mm. I heard that's not all they do. Mm, yes. Good mm. thing they didn't catch you on video. <laughs> Good thing you're not a big enough celebrity that they caught you on video. And oh no, I got videos. The police. <laughs> I got videos. I'm making money off of those babies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, stop it all right so the question about the san francisco giants and what they should do at the trade deadline was posed at the end of hour number one and they are now back in the playoff hunt they're 52 and 51 they are a couple of games out of the second wild card spot in the national league madison bumgarner has basically been available since the end of last year and there's been rumors and reports for months about what teams were going to land him and what the hall was going to be, et cetera. And he's not having a classic Madison Bumgarner season, but his ERA is in the threes and he's been better of late. And you know, in the playoffs, what you're going to get from Bumgarner, which is probably one of the best playoff pitchers of all time. And now because the giants are back in it, quote unquote, although if you listen to the last segment, neither Joe nor I believe they're actually as good as this record or in this stretch has, has seemed. The question is, is, are they going to trade Bumgarner at all? And my answer would still unequivocally be yes. Even if you are still in the playoff hunt, even if you want to make the playoffs this year, I would still trade Bumgarner because what you're going to get in return is going to help you so much. The Giants are a team that last year was shockingly bad. And a team that for years and years and years has been a World Series contender, turning that bad that fast, you might think it's, you know, one bad year of bad luck, but that's not how it felt. And then you look at the roster of this team and you see an aging Buster Posey who no longer is the same player he used to be. And, you know, you see the same guys who have been good before who are not as good anymore and like Brandon Crawford or Brandon Bell who's never really been able to put it together. And, you know, you've got a lot of guys on that team that, just seem to be fading, fading stars, if you will. You know, you, you bring you bring up Mike. Yeah, wow, Mike Yastrzemski, and he's been hitting well for you, and he's had some big hits, and he's you know a prospect that was you were very high on. But in my opinion, you trade both Will Smith and Madison Bumgarner and get a ton of good prospects, and you can still try to make the playoffs because those two guys are not the only reason you're winning. Everyone's contributing to you winning right now, and. You can still try to make the playoffs, and if you do, great. And if you don't, you got a ton of prospects, your draft picks a little bit higher, and you continue to rebuild faster. It's it's a no-brainer to me. 
if you're if you're stuck in the middle ground, especially in the division they're in where they're 15 games out of the Dodgers just because the Dodgers are unstoppable, I mean, I don't feel like that's worth pushing for the playoffs, especially for a team in that situation. So I would trade Bumgarner if I was the Giants. I would too. Um, granted, I, sheesh, if I'm uh, their general manager right now, I'm pretty pissed that they went on the 17 to three run. And obviously you got to throw this out there just because that's pretty, that's a bad look going on a run like this. And then being like, I want to get rid of one of our best players, you know, our essentially our best player, our best pitcher. He is their best player who was uh, led to us are to world series. And now that you're actually showing signs of somewhat of a hope playoff push, something like that. If you were to then have reports come out like, Oh yeah, we're still, yeah, we're shopping him and Will Smith also. Yeah, we're not, no, we're not doing it. That's what the Dimax essentially are doing. And I thought when I was told that today, I was like shocked that the general manager just came out and said that. So I think the giants should, they will. And they lost tonight against the Cubs four to one. I want to say, so watch them closely over the next five to six days, obviously, because the trade deadline is next Wednesday. So at that point, keep an eye on what they do over the next few days, because I think that dictates whether they do keep him or let him go. But they definitely should. As a Giants, this is a text, by the way. As a Giants fan, Mad Bum is the major trade chip we have and should deal him yesterday, if not the day before. That's from P1 Eric. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a win-win situation, if if you're being honest. I mean... Sure, you love Madison Bumgarner if you're a Giants fan and if you're the Giants organization, but you will get a good return back for him. And if you keep playing well, then great. You make the playoffs and you got a return. I mean, great. It's a win-win. If you stay put and do nothing and you miss the playoffs, then you have a lose-lose. That's the only thing you don't want in sports is a lose-lose situation. You got to give yourself a chance to come out on top at the trade deadline, in the playoffs, in a tank job, whatever the case is, you have to put your chips, push them forward, put them on the table and and try to come out in the best situation you can in that. And to me, that's trading both of their big trade pieces in Baumgartner and Will Smith. Coming up next, let's take a look at the other teams in the wildcard hunt. There's a lot of teams this year who are in the hunt who I'm not sure I believe in. Let's talk next, fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Hey, 17 here on your Wednesday evening, Mike and Joe with you until 9 o'clock. Just discovered, stumbled upon in the break, our 845 segment. We'll be talking about the Disney remakes and uh, some of the changes they've been going through. Have not seen the new Lion King yet. I saw Aladdin last night, actually, because I had been four weeks or five weeks behind and seeing that, but that's what we watched last night. My wife and I will see Lion King probably next week or two weeks from now. Those, those stay in the theaters for a very long time. So you don't need to go right when they come out. Uh, so we'll talk about that later in the show. We also have fair foul coming up at eight 30, but one final segment that's uh, just kind of a regular baseball segment. And I want to dive into the wild card a little bit because the races are interesting. You've got one, two, three, four, five teams. I'll throw six teams in the American League race. And you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If I'm going to give six teams in the in the AL, seven to eight-ish or nine-ish teams in the National League wildcard race. Um, in the American League, we'll start there. 
Indians currently two games up for the first wild card spot. They're another team like the Giants, by the way. You have to make a decision now. They're way better than the Giants. But they have to make a decision that is uh, going to define the future of their team, whether or not they trade Trevor Bauer or other guys, or if they stand pat and try to make it back to the playoffs and try to win a World Series. You've got the A's in the second wild card spot who have been quite hot and are doing a, a classic Oakland A's run. Rays are a game back. Red Sox are two games back. Angels are four and a half back. And I'm giving the Rangers the benefit of the doubt, six and a half back, although they are one and nine in their last 10. Um, they've been a team that's been in the wild card race the entire year. Out of those teams, Joe, I'll ask you first, who do you believe in? If they make the playoffs, if they make the wild card game, who do you believe in who would have a shot to win that game and then go on and give a competitive series to the first place team in the American League? Ugh. You know, I look at the list of those AL teams and I'm like, all right, Indians. Well, it, honestly, the Indians, they've been there before. They are a playoff team of the last three seasons, I want to say. Um, four seasons, possibly. Something like that. So yeah. they know what they're doing. You could potentially see them making a run to the ALCS. Um, athletics, again, they showed last year that they're gritty, not going to quit. And whether they can win in a five-game series against, uh, well, I guess it would be the Yankees. Or right? the Astros. Yeah, depending on who it is. I don't or know. the Twins, even. I don't know if they got the firepower to stay up with them. So I don't know if I'm buying the A's. The Rays, I'm not buying that they'll get either of the wild card spots. I think, think they'll fade out. And I see the Red Sox. And that's where I'm like, they're the defending World Series champion. They're starting to turn it around. So I would think the two teams that were in the playoffs last year and have been in the playoffs and kind of know what they're doing, the Indians and the Red Sox, those are your mo most legitimate bets. I kind of feel the same way as you. I mean, the A's are certainly a good team that can get into the wild card game, but when is the last time the A's have done much in the playoffs? They 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 get there and then they kind of fade right and they're a great story every year and they're always outperforming their expectations but yet here we are um tampa is a really interesting team who has really cooled off of late remember they were in first over the yankees for quite some time they've kind of collapsed and the, they are back ahead of the red sox by a game but they're they've fallen back to the pack a little bit the rays are a team that doesn't have a lot of players that makes you excited you know, they've got Blake Snell who's having a really down year as their ace. Charlie Morton's there. He's great as one of their starters from the Astros last year, former Pirate as well. But generally, and they're both, they're just not a very exciting team. The Red Sox, yes. If Boston gets into the wild card game, I 100% believe that they could win that and win a series. Now, their bullpen is a catastrophe, and it has been all year, and they still refuse to deal with it, or at least they have a week left to deal with it. You know, Chris Sale is getting better and has pitched much better, but is still giving up home runs. David Price is not great in the playoffs, as we know, although we did kind of face those demons last year. Porcello's a joke this year. So it's it's kind of it's kind of weird their season, but they're the Red Sox. And their offense is really good and they are playing better of late. So of course I trust the Red Sox in the playoffs. Angels and Rangers, eh, not really. You know, if if Mike Trout gets into the playoffs, I'll be happy. I'd love to watch Mike Trout in a playoff game. But I don't see that happening. I That's the one team that I look at in that group of um, contenders for the f wild card spot. I Yeah, can we please just get the Angels and Mike Trout to the playoffs? 
please. Well, we can't do anything about it, but he can. <laughs> well, right. But just, I don't know. We Can we put out the positive energy, that aura into the world, like the secret? You know, if you put it out there, the, put it on a storyboard or something like that, or, you know, in your room, put images of Mike Trout with like a World Series ring and... Then you can maybe, oh, I see what you're you know saying. what I'm saying? Put it out into the universe that yeah, like it, it can happen. They say if you're trying to lose weight, you should put your target goal like on a picture on your wall. Yeah. It's so like you look at it every day. Visualize it. Yeah. Mike Trout, Angels, playoffs. Yes, it will happen. It is, that energy is going out there. So Sure, absolutely. And they've got a good offense, you know. <sighs> Please. Like, I would, lo- I would love to see the Angels finally be in the playoffs, not only for Mike Trout, but they have some other guys in there. I like Calhoun, personally. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, he uh, seems kind of like a D-bag, but okay, you like who you want to like. But uh, uh, seeing Pulhos in the playoffs one last time, Otani. Yep, Justin Upton's there. I mean. They got they got a, some good hitters on that team. I would finally like things to pay off for them somewhat and give them at least one And it'd be a cool series. story with all the Tyler Skagg stuff from this year. Yeah, there you go. Something to rally around. Yeah. Exactly. Come it'd on. Like, it'd be like a real Angels in the outfield situation. ESPN would have a hate day. National League wild card, the Nationals have jumped all the way back from the death and are now the first-place team by a half game over the Cardinals. Phillies are a half game back. Brewers are a game and a half back. Arizona, San Francisco, three. Padres, six. Rockies, seven. Reds, seven and a half. I mean, if we're going to give the Rangers six and a half, then you got to give those teams a chance, too. The Mets and the Pirates are also eight back. So, I mean, basically everybody in the National League seems within somewhat of a striking distance, although because the competition is so high, I'm not so sure that those teams all really have a chance. So in terms of teams I believe in, if I'm going to be completely honest with you in the national league, the answer is none. None. (laughs) I was just thinking, I was looking at the list. I was like, I don't know if any of them really instill a whole lot of confidence. If I have to, if I'm forced to pick one, it'll be the brewers because they have the experience from being there last year. Right. Their pitching staff is as, as awkward and inconsistent as it was last year. Um, Lineup wise, they don't seem to be quite as good. Christian Yelich have another MVP season, but beyond that, it seems to be a little bit weaker. Um, the Phillies pitching staff seems strange to me. They have a negative run differential. Their lineup was supposed to be amazing, and it really hasn't been. The Cardinals, they're a team that, of course, you you trust when you get to this time of the season because they're always there, right? The Cardinals always make it to the playoffs or always or at least in it near the end. But for some reason, watching them this year, I don't have a lot of hope for that team. I don't love their starting rotation, although their lineup is quite good with Paul Goldschmidt in the middle. And Paul DeYoung hit three home runs today. He's a good hitter. And they've got a decent bullpen as well. So I I do trust-ish the Cardinals. I do not believe in the Nationals for one second. I love love Max Scherzer. Uh, I like their rotation with Corbin and and Strasburg, but that bullpen's still not good. <laughs> it kills me because just seeing them in the wild card spot, I feel like I was trying to remember who it was at this station that just grilled them back in May for being terrible, being one of the worst teams, and then they're now one of the wild card teams. Patrick Harris? I'm pretty sure it was Patrick, and that's I didn't want to say it was him. I kept trying to, I'm like, maybe it was it. I was like, no, Sprague's not really a baseball guy. I'm like, I don't think. Who makes really, really hot takes about baseball that sometimes are a little outra- and, outrageous? Patrick Harris. Yeah, exactly, and I was just trying to tell. I don't, I'm like, no, it can't be. It was him. It was him. And now look at the Nationals, but again, not trusting them. I'm giving it to the Cardinals. If I have to choose one team, their pitching is at least somewhat okay. I was just looking up some numbers. Third best run differential or uh, runs against in the National League. It's not giving up a lot of runs. And uh, fourth best ERA 
in the National League behind the go. Dodgers, Reds, and the Cubs. Um, I, I think their bullpen is quite good. Um, starting pitcher-wise, I'm actually not 100% sure. From what I've watched, it hasn't been the best, but I know they have this guy like Ponce de Leon or something, which is a great name. He's been pretty inconsistent. I'm looking it up right now as I'm talking. And they've got the least blown saves in the National League. They've got a 78% save percentage, which is the best in the NL just over San Francisco and Cincinnati. So, Monsteleone actually has a 282 ERA, but I've seen him get lit a couple of times. They're four main starters. Uh, Miles Mikolas has a 417 ERA. Dakota Hudson has a 361. That's pretty good. Jack Flaherty, 424. Adam Wainwright, 463. I mean, it's it's not sexy, but... It's also there's some teams in the wild card races that have guys with like five ERAs in their rotation because of the way baseball's going this year. So maybe the four three is the new three, at least in this year's game. Um, so anyway, that's the that's the wild card teams. I agree with the Cardinals in terms of a trustworthy team. So if I had to pick, I'd pick the Red Sox and the Indians in the American League and the Cardinals and the Brewers in the National League. Gun yeah. to my head. That's who's my most trustworthy teams in the wild card races. But I appreciate that they're really deep this year. Lots of teams are in it at this point. And that makes it way more interesting moving on into August, September for the end of the year. All right, coming up next, it's time for fair or foul. We'll see what Joe has cooked up for me trivia-wise or whatever the case may be. But first, he has to do a Sports Center update. Is it fair? Oh, my That's goodness. That's a fair ball. Or is it foul? Well, he thought it was foul, I think. A knowledge test for Patrick and Mike to see how well they know the big leagues. Mathematics and strange symbols now as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. The OBP and the SLG and the ISO and the you name it. And what our distinguished hosts think about the stories that popped up around the big leagues. Peralta knocks it into center. David tonight two for two. A leadoff single here in the fourth. And nobody noticed. This is Fair or Foul on the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. All right, that bet means it's time for fair or foul. Joe will ask us trivia questions, or out us. I'm the only one here. Joe will ask me trivia questions, or I guess opinion-based stuff, and uh, I will answer, or try my best to guess the answer. So, Joe, what do we got on um, fourth? <clears throat> so, Mike Trout, pretty good at baseball. Quite. Um pleading to get the angels in the playoffs because we want to see him there um and they are playing the dodgers in their little uh i-5 series right now does that series matter down there like it does in chicago or new york hey uh cole calhoun after their game last night was saying crowd was crowd was there it was energetic he was feeling it um so i don't i mean i don't know i figured it would i just don't know you never hear about it like the White Sox, Cubs, or Yankees match. Right, right. Um, so Mike Trout um, hit another bomb last night. Basically out of the park, it looked like. Um, and uh, there's another guy on the L.A. team, Cody Bellinger, that hits bombs too. But Mike Trout, fair foul, has hit five home runs over 450 feet, while Cody Bellinger has zero. Huh. I mean, I'm going to say foul on that one just because if you watch Cody Bellinger's home runs, it feels like they all go to the moon. And I, I'm sure Mike Trout has hit some bombs, but I, I can't imagine Bellinger hasn't. 
So I'm going to say foul on that one because just watching Bellinger swing, it looks like he hits everything 500 feet. This is fair, actually. I, I was thinking it was too specific that it would be fair, but I was like, ah, Joe likes to trick us with the overly specific ones sometimes. So, okay, well, that's crazy. He has not hit any over 450 feet. No, None. and that was shocking to me last night when Does I it saw tell you that how too. long his longest is. Um, I Whoops. could probably find that out, but no, I do not have that on me right now. But what matters is none of them are over 450. Mike Trout mashing, um, and he has also 49 home runs over his last 162. Mike Trout, and he's hit, I believe, 11 home runs in his last 13 games. Yeah, he's been uh, pulling a, a great Mike Trout, Mike Trout moment for him. I feel like every time there's a highlight, it's like, oh, there's Mike Trout hitting a dinger, and his swing is so pretty. Well, it's that's the thing. It's not really pretty. It's violent. So, it, so fundamentally sound. It's very, very fun to watch. It's not like the Griffey or Cano swing. It's it's just when he – his hands are so fast. It's like even a pitch on the inside, it's just like, ah! Oh, he's got it. Okay, home run. Just no reaction time whatsoever. Just bang, or fastest reaction time whatsoever. Yeah, okay, I, I guess I can see that, but I'm surprised Bellinger has not hit any over that that distance. Maybe yeah. Chavez Ravine doesn't allow for balls to go quite as far. Could be it. And while you're saying that he's hitting balls that look like they're going to the moon, they might have that that apex where they're, you know, hitting that height but not getting the distance, you know. True. I've, I've noticed that <laughs> ESPN in particular has been doing that on home runs. They show the, the apex. launch angle and the exit velocity, and then they have this interesting little graph that goes, hey, the apex is all the way up here. I, I like the apex to find out how high the ball actually goes. That's I thought I find that fun. Um, all right, on to our next one. Oh, extra credit! Mike Trout's home run last night. Uh, it's exit velocity, fair or foul, faster than any pitch thrown in the game. Oh, fair. Ninety-eight point six. Oh, really? Because exit velocities can go up to like hundred and ten. So right. I was like, well, duh. Yeah, fair. I Still thought that was though, weird, okay. too. I was like, wow, no one was throwing heat last night, I guess, and no one was hitting the ball that hard. I guess not. By right. the way, Yankees just wrapped up a 10-7 win. So 8-6 Twins in game one, 14-12 Yankees in game two, 10-7 Yankees in game three. I'm exhausted. Okay, on to our next one. Uh, we're talking about the Giants. Um, they are on a pretty solid run right now, as we mentioned. They lost tonight. Um, but before tonight, they were on a 17 out of 20 run. So 17 and 3 in their last 20 games. Correct. Yes, Giants, 17-3 run. Fair or foul. That's the best that they've had in a 20-game stretch since 2001? No. Is it? <laughs> Mike. I think... Mike, they've had three World Series championships yeah, yeah, since yeah, yeah. then. So I mean, I think I saw this though. I think this is fair. I think I saw something on Twitter or on MLB Network today where it was first time they've won 17 of 20 since 2000 or 2001. So I'm going to say fair. It is fair. Oof. Yeah, their best uh, stretch during their World Series championship runs. Uh, they had a nice little uh, 15 and four. Uh, stretch in 2014, 14 and 5, 15 and 4 in their even years. So they were just right around that range of the 17 and 3. But uh, yeah, not as good. Um, 2001, I believe that was the year that they played uh, the Angels in the World Series. 2001? Was that 2001? That was Yankees Diamondbacks. So that must have been 02 next oh. year. 
Oh, two or oh three. Yeah. All right, and uh, on to no, our. Oh three was Yankees Marlins. Yeah, it was probably oh two. Yeah. Um, on to our last one. Trey Turner, um, hit for the cycle last night against the Rockies. The second time that he's done that. So he's hit the cycle twice against the Rockies. There's only been four players to do that in MLB history. Um, fair or foul, two of them have happened within the last five years. So there's been four players who have hit two cycles against the same team? Yes. And two of those, fair or foul, have happened within the last five years. I'll say fair. I'll say fair. Trey Turner twice against the Rockies, so that's cool. Um, I know the extra credit's going to be, who's the other guy? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But again, this is something that's in the back of my baseball brain that's just kind of clinking around back there as I'm thinking about this. But I feel like I remember someone hitting for a cycle and going, hey, did that against the same team twice. So I'm going to say fair. Nice shot in the dark there. It is fair. Trey Turner. It's not a shot in the dark. I said there was something in the back of my brain clinking around. Uh, so you I had remember it. things. Trey Turner uh, hit for the cycle, obviously, last night. Did it against the Rockies in 2017. And I don't know why I said five years, but uh, Christian Yelich, he hit a cycle against the Reds August 29th, 2018. And then he literally did it less than a month later, September 17th, 2018. Ah, so the MVP hit two cycles against the same team. Last season, yeah, within a month. That's crazy. God, he's so good. Um, and um, actually, the other two players that has uh, had it happen to them, uh, John Riley did it versus Algenheis in 1883 and 1890. Ah, so real baseball. Okay. <laughs> John John Riley. I didn't know that uh, he was that old. How about that? Right. Um, Fred Clark. He did it against the Reds in 1901 and 1903. Okay. Again, during real baseball time. Yeah. Yeah. So when, um, when is the when is the year that we start counting baseball as being real in in our brains? Obviously, we count it forever, but in our in our brains, when is like modern era baseball? 1903 is that like the first year? I have no 1900s, idea. 1900s is it 1900 flat? When I mean, just when people generally consider baseball to be modern era. I would Not personally like to say when everybody was included, started to be included in the game. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know? So, Jackie Robinson and after? Yeah. Uh, then, 1900 is considered the beginning of the modern era okay. in Major League Baseball. And today's records are based on players' statistics since that time. Thank you, big voice guy. Yeah. I, I would love to say agree with you, but then you lose a bunch of great players who played before Jackie Robinson. So. Right. Exactly. Like some of the best players. Right. All right, liberal stance, Joe. Get down from your soapbox here. God. Snowflake. All right, fair foul. There you go. All right, thank you, Joe. Coming up next, let's wrap this bad boy up with a little non-baseball talk. We stumbled upon this during a break, and uh, I saw Aladdin last night. Got a lot of bad reviews. I enjoyed it. And my question is this. Did people just expect Disney when they're remaking these movies? And don't laugh at me. You're all rewatching these movies, too. You all love them. I know you did. Is Disney... Do people just expect Disney to make the same movie over again, but just in live action? That's next here on Hot Corner on the Fan.
This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. One final segment to wrap this up. Patrick's been out all show. Should be back next week. Joe and I have been holding down the fort for you. If you missed any of it, you can catch on the Lush Rob Tires podcast on 1080thefan.com. But as is usually the case, I wanted to do a little non-baseball here in the last segment. And it was something that we were talking about during one of the breaks earlier in the show. And uh, I watched Aladdin yesterday. My wife and I went to the theater last night and, and took in the movie. And Aladdin was my favorite Disney movie growing up personally. So I was very hyped to go see that. I know it's been out for over a month, but I just hadn't had a chance to go see it yet. And I walked into the theater knowing that it had gotten some bad reviews and that I had heard some people say they didn't like it very much, or at least it didn't live up to the hype. And I didn't have that experience at all. I really enjoyed it. I thought the movie was solid. Sure, they changed some things. Um, Story was different. You know, different time, right? We're in a different time. A lot of old Disney movies kind of are outdated at this point in terms of like some of the storylines and the social norms and stuff that happened. But I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, you know, Will Smith's not Robin Williams as, as the genie, but he's good. He's a, he's a, he's Will Smith. He doesn't try to be Robin Williams. He's Will Smith as the genie. He fits the role. It's just Robin Williams will be better always, but I enjoyed the movie and it, it made me question whether or not people were going into these, live-action Disney movies, because Lion King just came out, Mulan's coming out, Little Mermaid's coming out, Dumbo already came out, Beauty and the Beast came out years ago with uh, Emma Watson. But do people just expect to see the exact same movie as the animated movie again, just in live-action? And if that was the case, then why are you watching it? Just go watch the animated movie. Well, they want to... People want nostalgia. They want that feeling, and they want to see it just... Turned up to the next level, you know. From what I understand, Lion King is like that. They basically kept it as true to the cartoon movie as possible. From what I understand, they nailed everything, accuracy, and what they were trying to do. So, yeah, that's getting bad reviews too. See, and I've heard that it's got great reviews. I mean, or not great reviews, but you know, there definitely seems to be fifty some percent of Ron. There definitely seems to be the the audience and Disney crowd versus the actual like movie critic crowd because I think that. Again, people are just happy with the nostalgia feeling of watching these movies in a different format. I mean, like, oh, I remember when they did it this way in the movie. Oh, well, they're doing it this way. This is nice, and this is different, too. Oh, I like it. So, I don't know. I don't know what people expected, but, I mean. I just pictured you as, like, a 43-year-old woman knitting. Sitting there in the theater. Oh, well, this is nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I don't know. I, I have yet to see a lot of the new live-action Disney movies, so I can't hold too much of an opinion. I'm trying to go see Lion King. That was the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Lion King, the original movie. And, um, yeah, so I, I need to go see that one. Yeah, I'm going to go see that soon, too. But and plus, Childish Gambino is, uh, you know, he's Simba. He's Simba. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's I mean, great. That's awesome. His career path, man, see him do that now, props to him. Props to Donald Glover. He's awesome. He is absolutely a one-of-a-kind talent. Honestly, um, can I uh, just bring up one movie that is coming out that is animal-related? Have you seen the trailer uh, for Cats? Uh, no, I have not seen the trailer. Mike? I have seen I've seen the copious amounts of memes that have come out of the trailer, including one that put Ronald Swanson's face, Nick Offerman's face, on every single cat in the trailer. 
But uh, no, I have not seen it. it. It looks horrifying in the pictures. I mean, I, I would say watch the trailer just so that way you can see it and know, like, okay, this is a thing. This is actually Is it based happening. on the, 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 the musical? Broadway show? Yeah, yeah it's completely pl- plot, plot line is based off of that. And from what I understand is when they came, wh- what I remember as a kid is they came out with the Broadway on, like, ABC or something like that, like a video VHS version that you could watch of the Broadway musical. Okay. And they decided to... Uh, in 2019, integrate their digital fur technology, what I saw in the article, to create these abominations of half cat, half humans. Um, And basically, my favorite question to ask when I see movies like this, anything pop culture, like, oh, this is coming out, is who asked for this? And once you see the trailer, you'll be asking for it. And honestly, probably having nightmares about it for the next few nights. I don't want to ask for it, though. You're saying it's terrifying. Yeah, I would never ask for that. I will watch the trailer. It sounds horrifying. But it also leads me to believe the movie industry is completely out of ideas for the most part because we just keep getting retreads and remakes and yeah. continuing trilogies to other movies. But, I mean, look, I, I I won't lie about it. I get sucked into it just the same as everybody else does. Like, I love these Disney remakes because I loved Disney growing up, as did every child. Um, I love the extra Star Wars movies because I like Star Wars, right? We don't need three more Star Wars, but we're going to get three more Star Wars I went and saw all three Hobbit movies, which was way too many for a a really short book that was actually written more for children than adults. But I went and saw them. Didn't love them all, but I went and saw them. Um, The only thing I wish is that some of the stuff was spread out a little bit more. Like this year, we've had Dumbo, Lion King, and Aladdin all come out in the same year as Disney remakes. Like, let's spread this out. I don't let if you if you're going to make a ton of money on this, then put out one a year like Star Wars does or something like that. Well, and let's be honest, and this is something that I talked about with Thurton Sprague earlier today during a commercial break, is that they're they're completely out of ideas in Hollywood and everything. Um, Not completely, but for the most part. They're pretty tapped. They're pretty tapped. Uh, there is a commercial that I heard the other day for, um, it's a new series, like for uh, Alfred, you know, Batman's butler. Yeah. Like Alfred. I guess they're going to try and make him badass or something. Like, they're going to have a series of 20-something-year-old Alfred the Butler. and That sounds awful. Did, right? Like, uh, that's what I said. I was Alfred like, should never be a badass 20-year-old. Well, I don't Alfred know what, is always 60 <laughs> I don't know what older. the plot line's going to be, but, like... And he's a calming influence in <laughs> Bruce Wayne's life, and he's glorious, and you love him. Everyone loves him. That's Alfred. what I said. I was like, what did they plan to do with Alfred to make intriguing television out of that i was and when he walks out in dark knight rises and leaves batman alone it's very sad you feel very sad the tugs of the heartstrings you want to cry oh my gosh and so and to couple that there was a picture i saw on uh twitter what is it last week um maybe a couple weeks ago that was um a movie marquee at a movie theater somewhere and yeah. yeah it has toy story 4 men in black Godzilla, Aladdin, and Child's Play. And I think the caption I saw was, all you thousands kids think your movies are so much better, but here we are watching all our 90s kids' movies again. The the tweet I'm looking at right now, it says, Dear children of today, like it or not, you're really 80s or you're really 90s kids. (laughs) There you go. I guess that's what I was thinking about, yeah. Well, and uh, the other day, actually, Joey and I actually got to uh, watch Sandlot for the first time ever. 
Uh, yes. I hope Joey liked it. Oh, I was having to answer a lot of questions. Like, was he terrified of the giant dog like everybody? <laughs> Although probably watching it now, the dog's probably not quite as terrifying. The dog is hilarious. He looks, like a, he looks like a shark. Hercules? Yeah. When his paw like comes down on the baseball. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Well, the one where he jumps up and eats it in the air. <laughs> he looks like a shark jumping out of the water. Seriously. But as a kid in the 90s watching that, you're like, ugh. And all their reactions of just screaming every time they see the dog. But also had to answer a lot of questions about, you know, like, what are they chewing? Mm. What, what, why are they throwing up? Oh, chewing tobacco scene. Yeah. What did it? What did he try to kiss her? Why did he try to do that? It's a thing called love, Joey. Yeah, Wendy Pfeffercorn. She'll she'll do that to you. Well, thanks so much for listening today and uh, dealing with any stray thoughts of a 14-hour work shift, Mike Lynch. Appreciate it. I'll be back tomorrow with Primetime. Also, Beers and Us drops tomorrow as our one-year anniversary show live from Grains of Wrath out in Camas. Well, pre-taped, but you'll hear it as if it's live. Four o'clock tomorrow, that will drop. Thank you to Joe. And uh, we'll be back next week, 7 to 9. Go baseball. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.